Hello and welcome to Footsteps, a podcast hosted by High Desert United Methodist Church in Rio Rancho, where our mission is loving God, serving others, changing lives. New Year's is a good time to revel in a new beginning. Today, I'm here with Lisa to discuss beginning with the end in mind. In his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey introduces a key concept, begin with the end in mind. It's a simple but powerful place to start as we begin the new year. Have you ever ridden in a drifting boat? Do you have a destination in mind? How will you get there? It's unlikely that you will get far, or you could just as easily crash into rocks. Regardless, it's not much of a way to travel. Lisa, as Christians, where should we be going? In Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, Jesus tells us, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. In a moment, we'd like you to pause this podcast for a few minutes and complete a simple exercise. Let's begin with the end in mind. At the end of the year, or when someone writes your eulogy, what is it that you want them to say about you? How do you want to be remembered? Okay, pause this podcast and write something down. Welcome back. I hope you took a little time to think about how you want to be remembered. To get anywhere meaningful in life, we must have two things, goals and plans. Throughout our lives, goals are crucial to success. I would not be a doctor today if I had not set the goal when I was in high school of becoming a doctor. As Christians, we hope that everyone listening wants to be acknowledged by Jesus when they get to heaven. Without a goal, we are unlikely to get anywhere useful. The infinite monkey theorem asks that if a monkey randomly strikes keys on a typewriter, how long would it take him to write out the complete works of William Shakespeare? Obviously, the monkey has no real goal. It's just randomly striking keys. But given enough time, some recognizable words occasionally should appear. The answer to this theorem is infinite. Theoretically, given an infinite time, the monkey would succeed. But without a goal, it would take more time than even the existence of the universe. I mean, could you imagine the Empire State Building being built by people just randomly piling bricks? In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, Paul writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. That reminds me that elite runners train hard to compete. They picture the finish line in their heads. None of them would aimlessly run about looking for the finish line. They train and know the path to the goal. Clearly, a goal requires a plan. 
Could you imagine the Empire State Building being built without a plan, without a blueprint? Before we get to planning, let's think a little more about the importance of a plan. After all, you can have a goal, but still have a poor outcome. Would Jesus be happy with your goal? Poor Scrooge epitomizes a man with a plan, getting rich, that unless changes will result in his demise. Scrooge's goal of wealth at any cost is a pitiable goal. His life will come to nothing. After all, he is unaware of the change he is forging in life, or of how despised he is by the people around him. Of course, three spirits come and change his life and his goal. Rather than being stingy, he becomes a charitable towards others. In the end, he's loved by all. Okay, so we have a worthy goal. Does it matter how we get there? Well, yes it does. A rudderless ship will bob about in the water, but even under engine power, it will drift about and be redirected by the currents. You need a rudder, a solid plan, if you want to get to your goal. Jesus used the parable of two houses, one built on rock and the other on sand. In Matthew 7, 24-29 we read, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them in practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain comes, the streams rise, the winds blow and beat everything against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Like Scrooge, the builder had a goal, but unlike Scrooge, his plan to build us on sand was faulty. Lisa, as an engineer, tell us about the importance of planning. You recently told us about your goal to train a therapy dog. It sounded like it took some time to develop your plan. Tell us about your planning and how important it was to reach your goal. The first step in planning from an engineering perspective is what we call requirements elicitation, which is a fancy phrase that essentially means to seek out everything necessary to achieve the desired goal. In this case, it means understanding what is necessary for certifying a therapy dog, one that has been trained to provide comfort and affection to people in settings such as hospitals. I learned that the dog would need to have a calm and confident demeanor, master basic and intermediate obedience commands, and pass a standard test called CGC. I learned that I would need to pass a background check, become certified as a hospital volunteer, and become a member of an established therapy dog group. I also learned that each therapy dog group has a set of additional requirements specific to their particular work. I invested quite a bit of time up front to understand everything involved in becoming a therapy dog handler. Without robust planning, I might have missed what many consider the most important aspect, which is the dog's temperament. A therapy dog's temperament is absolutely key. It must be friendly, patient, confident, gentle, and enjoy human contact, sometimes clumsy contact. Beginning with the end in mind and seeking, with, seeking a dog with a temperament compatible with therapy work was a critical first step. I'm happy to say I found a great rescue dog 
who I've named Otto, and we've been making steady progress working through this plan. If all goes well, he's currently on track to be accepted as a therapy dog by spring of 2023. So we have a goal and a plan. What happens if we are like Scrooge and have a bad goal, or like the builder of the house on sand and have a poor plan? I don't know about you, but I can't claim to be perfect. I have, and I will make mistakes. I take comfort in Paul's writing uh, to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 13, 18b through 12, we read, Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. In life, the crew of the Exxon Valdez, and if you don't recall, the Exxon Valdez was leaving the port from Prince William Sound on Good Friday in 1989. However, the untrained crewmen had been left in charge of piloting the ship out of a rather treacherous area. He strayed from the known path that was safe and hit a known underwater rock formation to tear a hole in the ship's hull. Lisa, how does God treat those who go astray? Well, the parable of the prodigal son recorded in Luke chapter 15, 11 through 32, provides reassurance to us. I won't read the entire story, but it begins with a man with two sons. The younger one asks for his share of his father's estate, which he proceeds to squander with a string of poor choices after wandering off to a distant land. Listen to what happens next, as recorded in verses 17 through 24. When he, the younger son, came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Like the father in the parable, God is always there to pick us up and forgive us, even when we go astray. Perhaps our goal and plans always come off without a hitch. As Paul reminds us, our knowledge is partial and can lead us astray. Either we can be like Scrooge and have a bad goal, or like the house builder on sand with a faulty plan. We can always evaluate our lives and redirect ourselves to God. Proverbs 16, 1-3 puts it best when we read, To humans belong the plans of the heart, 
but from God comes the proper answer to the tongue. All of the person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by God. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. In this new year, we encourage you to begin with the end in mind. Reflect on your goals and plans. Did you begin with the end in mind? Are your plans getting you closer to God? We pray that Jesus will acknowledge all of us when we get to heaven. Remember, we can make mistakes. God will always welcome us back when we redirect our lives to Christ. As always, we want to thank you for listening to Footsteps. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it with your friends and family. If you have any comments, please email us at footsteps.hdumc at gmail.com. Of course, if you are in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, we invite you to join us in person at High Desert United Methodist Church if you are in the area. If you are unable to join in person, watch us online at highdesertumc.org. We pray that God richly blesses your life.